Welcome to Haul 'em In Fishing, the fastest growing Southwest Florida fishing podcast. From the backcountry of Estero Bay to the offshore waters of the Gulf of Mexico, from our dock of the bay studios. Haul 'em In Fishing brings you the latest fishing reports, strategies, and expert tips from the area's top guides, taking you on the water from 2 to 200 feet deep, revealing their tricks of the trade, and helping you fish just like a professional angler. Let's head down to the dock for some fishing talk. With your host of Hallam in Fishing, Captain Scott Hall. Well, welcome to this episode of Hallam in Fishing, and today uh, we are going to focus on the charter fishing guide and uh, basically how to find a charter guide and a reputable fishing trip for you out there. So we're going to start today with uh, Captain Alex Delinsky. He's on the phone with me here from Southwest Florida. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. It's great to have you back on the program here. A little special edition program today. We're going to run and uh, talk great about to be uh, here. you know talk about how uh, I guess we're going to try to pull these folks in and let them know when they go fishing somewhere and whether it be Florida or anywhere in the country and you're looking for a fishing guide. I think all these things we're going to talk about today are going to apply, don't you? Exactly. Uh, they apply pretty much anywhere. Freshwater, saltwater. Um, some of the questions pertain more to overseas. You know, so you don't get taken advantage of. But you can apply this anywhere that you're looking to hire a guide. And that's good you said that, too. We'll touch on that somewhere in the program because I know a lot of people go to, you know, Dominican or they end up uh, heading to, uh, you know, some some area, you know, Costa Rica, places like that. They go fishing a lot down there. And uh, that's a, this is probably a great thing for them to learn and know about. So uh, let, let's kick it off today and talk about, first of all, how do you find a reputable licensed charter captain? And when I say that, I mean somebody who's Coast Guard licensed and someone who is going to be reputable to go out and spend your money and go fishing with. Absolutely. You know, and the, the licensing is a big part of that. Um, you know, that, that these guys got to go through schooling time on the water. So and there's plenty of people out there that don't have a license, so don't be... You know, anybody can tell you that you they have it, but don't be afraid to ask to see it because as a licensed captain, we are re- required to carry that with us. But uh, the fir- first thing that finding one is personal recommendation. Uh, that's the best. Somebody that's been with them that you know and you trust. Um, and if that's not available to you, you have a couple other options like the Fish and Wildlife, Florida Fish and Wildlife, or the local game service in your area. Um, we have a Florida Guides Association, which is an association that we have here in Florida. And in order to, to belong to that Guides Association, not only do you have to have a current medical and, and license from, you know, the U.S. Coast Guard, you also have to be insured. And that's a big factor when you're going out with somebody in their boat, you know, with sharp objects on the water, um, other boats around you, then being insured liability-wise to take care of you if there is an incident uh, is very important also. And uh, then last but not least, any tackle shops, you know, Bass Pros, uh, Cabela's type stores, Dick Sporting Goods, anything like that. Generally, the people that are working in those sporting goods part of the store are fishermen or fisherwomen, and they, you know, they know who's in the area, who's reputable. So, uh, again, any of the local tackle shops are great for that too. Yeah. And, and, you know, so many times if you get familiar with a place and you vacation there, especially, uh, you, you may have fished a little bit on your own already and gone to one of those bait shops or tackle shops uh, on in, in, in and around the beach or places in Florida, I know. And they've always got a list of folks that they'll recommend uh, that come in there and usually buy their bait there. And also, uh, 
they know will give you a quality for your money. Isn't that correct? Right, right. And you know, and let's just say, you know, I I have folks that call me every year and and book me, and sometimes uh, that you know they forgot to call it in the last minute, and all of a sudden I'm booked. Um, and they ask me, well, who do you recommend? So you know, don't be afraid that you know if you already know a guide that you've worked with in the past, and, and he or she is not available, ask them. You know, who, who in your area do you recommend? And I like so, the term. Or if you call somebody and that you know that was recommended to you and they're busy, you could say that too. You know, who do you recommend? And I like that term you're using guides as well because uh, folks, you know, there's a lot of captains out there. I can tell you from my experience going to captain school, there are many people taking captains courses and getting their captain's license, and they're not all for just fishing. And and I I was a good example of that. You know, I wasn't a fishing captain so to speak, in uh, southwest Florida. I was captaining a tour boat with people on it and narrating a tour and all that. So everybody can carry a license, so to speak, but uh, not necessarily going to give you that day on the water that you expect when you when you throw down some good hard-earned cash to try to go out and catch some fish. So th- the term guide is a great thing to look for if they're a fishing guide and uh, you know associated with the license as well as alex was saying there i think that's right, so important. right you know when you're talking to that guide how long have you been fishing how long have you been fishing as a licensed captain how long have you been fishing this area you know because you know in my part of florida everybody moves down here uh, from yeah. somewhere else in the oh, united yeah. states they become a bartender a captain you know, or a real estate agent. So yeah, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but you just want to, you know, you, you don't want to be spending your money with somebody who maybe just only been here a month or two and, you know, doesn't quite know the area, you know, when you have no recommendations about that person or anything like that. So those are just things that help you make up your mind when you're looking for a guide. Well, and you really nailed the top three there, bartender, captain, and real estate agent. Not necessarily in that order. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, really. Uh, So let's, you know, when we're talking to this captain or we meet somebody, and and so often, uh, I know, I want to give a beware real quick. Beware of the captain who's sitting at the local bar telling you he will take you fishing. So right. often people have been scammed because of that. And I know you've been uh, the recipient, Alex, of actually taking people out that got uh, the scam done to them where they'll pay a little money down or pay money to go fishing. And then that captain doesn't show up where he's supposed to be because he wasn't really a captain sitting at the bar, right? Exactly. Or, you know, where he was and he knew that, you know, he gave you false information on who he was and, uh, you know, you gave him a cash deposit and uh, you're sitting at the dock next day for an hour or two waiting and he never shows. And he just made a quick 100, 150 or whatever he conned you out of. So, unfortunately, that does happen um, here and there. Um, some guides ask for a deposit, some do not. Uh, it all depends on how they run their business. Giving a guide a deposit uh, is normal. Um, and that's for them to assure you're going to be there and and you're going to show up because it, it happens to us just as much as we book and we, we go out ahead and get the bait, get the boat ready. We turn down other charters for the time slot that you're asking for. And then all of a sudden you don't show or even call and, uh, you know, you leave the guy hanging. So that, that's why a lot of these people, you know, do that. And if it's somebody we don't know, sometimes we'll ask for that deposit because then that lets us know you're serious. So, so if we're down at the dock, let's say, and we're walking around, we're there on vacation and we say, oh, there's all these, this fleet of fishing captains there and you see all these boats and you know, you approach somebody and, and they say, oh yeah, I'm a captain. What are the things you want to ask them about 
Uh, and I know you touched on a couple there with the license and insured, but yeah, but, obviously again, yeah. making sure your U.S. Coast Guard licensed, um, they're insured, insured, and they carry a fishing license for you in the state of Florida as a licensed guide, U.S. Coast Guard guide. We have to have a fishing license on board for the amount of people we carry, whether it's two, four, six, eight, ten, whatever. So we're supplying you a fishing license to fish, therefore you don't need it. Um, and, and some of the gentlemen who do this or captains that do this on a weekend, they're actually a legal captain, uh, but they don't have this particular license because they don't have a business license yet, or they're just doing it one or two weeks to supplement their boat payment or their income. They may not have that fishing license for you. And that's a good sign that they're, you know, they may be a licensed by the U.S. Coast Guard, but they may not be experienced or insured or any of that. So asking for the fishing license is very important, along with insurance. Are you insured? And, again, you can ask to see that, too, because we're supposed to carry that also. Um, so those are the critical stuff. But then looking at the size of the boat, is it what you expect to go in for the type of fishing you're doing? Is it a newer boat or an older boat? Um, that sometimes matters basically on how the guy takes care of it. If it's an older boat, things are falling apart. It's trashy. You, you know, you may, the guy may take care of his equipment that way too. And, you know, is that the guy you want to go with, uh, versus somebody that, you know, has taken care of the boat. It's cleaner. Um, and sometimes, you know, a four or five year old boat looks like it's brand new. If it's taken care of where a, a one or two year old boat looks like it's 10 or 12 years old. Right. Because it wasn't taken care of. So generally how a guy takes care of a boat is also how he runs his business, takes care of his tackle and line and everything that's connecting you, your good time to that trophy fish. Exactly. Um, so size of the boat, how he keeps it clean, website, look at the website. Has he posted on it, pictures on it or anything current like that, whether it's the website, Instagram, any kind of social media like that. Uh, but one of the big things that people uh neglect to ask is what can i expect to catch in the time that i'm asking to go fishing because you know this time you know in florida we have basically two seasons warm and cooler or summer and winter if you want to call that and the fishing can be different and you know they may see on tv or a website a big snook let's say which is more of a warmer water fish here in florida and if, if the water is in the 50 or 60 degrees down here in our winter time you may not catch that fish. So knowing that the game that you're wanting to go after, you know, is that available the time of year you're asking to go? Um, that That's a good thing to uh, ask a, a guide. And another, another way to approach that too is, you know, Captain, you know, I'm coming down the week of January 1st through the 6th. I have those five days available to fish. Look at your schedule. Look at the tide charts. Let me know what's the best day for me to go and what's available with the tides that you have to work with versus saying, I want to catch so-and-so. Can you take me Tuesday? And that, that's something nobody you thinks about, you know, nobody really right. from up North thinks about that when they come down to fish with you guys is that it's tidal dependent. And, uh, that's something I right. learned once I got down there is, you know, all day fishing doesn't always work. You know, you have to, you have to play those tides when they're incoming or outbound and, uh, you know, the right. captain is the expert there. He's the one that has the chart. He's the one that can tell you what the best fishing time is. Exactly. Are. And he's, you know, and I, I, I had a trip the other day that the guy booked me and he was trying to book me for the morning. This was actually a week ago. Uh, our tides weren't right. The weather wasn't right. And I said, why don't we 
do an afternoon trip from 12 to 4. The tide will be right. Everything will be working for the, the fish that you're asking to catch, which was a redfish. And his wife was very excited because she didn't have to get up as early. And, you know, so I could tell she was happy. But he immediately shut me down and said, no. Where I come from, we fish in the morning, and it's over by mid-morning. Fish don't bite in the afternoon. Um, that may be true on the lake or inland somewhere. Or, and I didn't ask him where he was from, but I know it wasn't Florida. And, you know, here I am trying to steer him to, you know, the afternoon. And I just knew with our slack tide that morning, there was no way I could get him what he wanted. And, right. you know, I had a, probably an 80% chance of not getting what he was requesting versus in the afternoon, I had an 80 or 90% chance of getting the fish he asked for. And, uh, you know, he didn't, he, he wouldn't go with me. So I lost the trip and, and I'd rather that than take him in the morning and disappoint him, you know, and subsequently I booked that afternoon. Anyway, went out and we caught the fish he want. He sees it on my website or Instagram and comments, you know, secret or, you know, privately. Hey, I just want to apologize for the way I handled that. I didn't really realize things were that dependent on tides. I should have listened to you. And now here I, I see you had a great day and I just want to give you a kudos for doing the right thing and not taking me in the morning and taking my money. Well, and a lot of, so, a lot you of know, some of the techniques you have are up North definitely are different on times down here. Yeah. And many captains, you know, you, that's a reputable captain in my opinion. And I, I've, I've known Alex for years here as we're talking today. And I can tell you that he's one of the reputable guys that, he won't lie to you. He's going to tell you if it's good fishing or it's not good fishing. Uh, much more concerned about the customer satisfaction, Alex, you are than the almighty dollar sometimes. And I think Absolutely. that's uh, so important because anybody can say, yeah, I'll take you, you know, 500 bucks. Let's go today. You know, that kind and, of thing. You know, that that yeah. doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work. Exactly. And it's a disappointing event when people go out and they spend the, the, the larger money to go out fishing and, and they don't enjoy themselves or they don't catch anything. And Absolutely. one thing you touched on also that we've talked about in other shows, I know, is the dates. And when you go to book those dates, uh, it's important that if they've got a weak window, they try to book early so that if something happens weather-wise, they can maybe get something in the reg regular part of the week or the rest of the week that they're there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a you know good thing. And you know, look at it too this way. I tell people to book me whenever they book their flights or they're putting on the calendar that they're coming here. Um, I have people that book me two, three times a month around certain tides. They just say, okay, I want to go three trips. You know, the tides we like pick those three days a month and book me for the next two years and call me with those dates. So, you know, I can, we can do that. We can look up tides as far in advance as we need to and get pretty close with the modern, you know, computers and stuff we have nowadays that, that work with that. So it's, it's easy to look ahead, you know, shy of the weather, but we can look ahead at the, at the right currents and stuff like that. And, uh, people book way in advance for these times. So, uh, waiting till the night before you get here, or the day you get here sometimes leaves you with a last minute, uh, you know, decision or, or you can't find a guide at all, <clears throat> you know, and when we were talking about, you know, being reputable and making sure that I'm going to take you, when I know you're going to get fish, I also know on the flip side that sometimes you come down here or somewhere not planning to fish, you're on a business trip or, you know, a family trip, all of a sudden a day opens up, you want to go fishing and that's the only day you got. Most reputable guides are going to say, okay, you know, I'll take you, but these are the odds of what we're going to catch, good or bad, would you still like to go? Right. And, you know, we'll be upfront with you. And if, if it's a, you know, where you got a 10% chance of catching fish, 
well, that's better than sitting at home anyway. And you want to go, we're going to go, but at least we're going to tell you, Hey, it's been tough the past two or three mornings due to this, that, or the other thing. And you know, this is where it is. So <clears throat> don't be afraid to ask the captain, you know, what have you caught the past few mornings? You know, what can I expect with the conditions that you're presently seeing, you know, for tomorrow morning? And, and what do you think my odds are? And how about uh, time for four hours, uh, eight hour trip, you know, all day trip. What, what's your recommendation for that person? Who's, you know, the, the casual angler that comes down and wants to go fishing. Well, this is a two part question. Uh, the first, first part or two part answer, I would say first part is I'm doing backwater mostly. So, and again, it's very tide dependent. The way our tides work, they go in and out twice a day. <clears throat> and a lot of people immediately want to say, I want to do an all day trip in the backwater. Well, you do an eight-hour trip, I'll gladly take you and do it. And there's four or five days a month that an eight-hour trip pans out. But when those tides change every day, a four-hour trip might be better. And we've had that this week after the after the new moon, meaning we've had a four-hour drop in tide. It was high tide at 8 in the morning when we left the dock. By 11, 30, 12, it was low. Then the tide slacks for an hour or two before it starts to come in. So you're hiring me for an eight hour trip and I'm recommending, well, you may just want to stick with a four. That's because I know that we're going to have two to three hours of slack tie where you're not going to produce fish. And then you throw in a, a North wind here on a sterile Bay on a tide like that, that tide's not coming back in probably for the whole rest of the afternoon. And, and we know that based on the tide charts, the wind and the moon. <clears throat> so, so, a four to six hour or what we call a half or three quarter day is good. But generally we push people just for a, a four hour or a half a day because that's just the way the tides work. And, and quite honestly, if you can't catch the fish in the backwater within four hours, it's a good chance a six or an eight, you're still not going to do it because they just aren't biting that day. Um, now, the other half of this is offshore fishing where we're running 20, 30, 40 miles or better out for grouper. They're going to do, you know, they're going to do, you know, eight hour, 10 hour overnight trip. Uh, so you know, something like that, you go as long as you want and you, and you can afford to pay for, uh, because generally when you go longer, you're going to go out deeper, which is less impacted by fishermen, the deeper you go and the better chances you are on getting more and bigger fish like grouper and amberjack and snapper in our area. So sometimes an offshore trip, weather provided you're better off doing it an eight or a 10 versus, you know, a shorter six hour. Perfect. So wh what can a customer, once they book a trip, they've decided you're their guide or somebody down there is their guide. What can they expect once they, uh, you know, go to book that trip and then go fishing? Well, they should expect a courteous guide to begin with, uh, sober, clean boat. Um, we're going to provide you with a cooler with ice and water in it. Um, you bring your own drinks and snacks above that water, uh, based on the time that you're out. If you're on a four hour trip, you don't need to bring a case of Gatorade and, you know, a, a ton of stuff. So just, you know, bring what you need appropriate for the time you're out. Hat, sunglasses down here makes a big difference on your comfort. Uh, one and two, seeing the fish or seeing what I'm trying to show you around, uh, cutting the glare with the glasses and a hat is just a big difference. Uh, so that, you know, and basically on top of that, again, the clean boat and a guide that's working for you. Um, I, I cast the lines probably for 80% of my clientele 
Um, these are people that fish their whole life to people that don't, maybe this is their first time fishing. And the reason I do that is we're, we're casting up under trees, under a dock or a specific area in the water along a ledge that you may not see when you hire me, but me as a captain, I know where it's at. And I get many people say, well, I like to cast. So, you know, I'll let them, but if they can't get in the area that they need to be, and they're not going to catch the fish that way. I'm going to let them know, hey, you need to get five or six feet more further. And if they can't get that, then I'll nicely say, well, you know, why don't you let me do that for you? But um, so th those are things are to expect a, a guy working for you. If you're adamant and you want to fish and, and, and cast every cast that just because that's what you do, then the guide should allow you to do that. And he may position the boat a little closer. Or if you cast too far, he may position the boat a little further away once he's learned your capabilities of casting. And, you know, I'm going to work with you to make you have the day you want. Um, so, you know, that that's a big question and thing down here in our area is who's casting for who sometimes. And I, I, I take out many of bass fishermen, for example, who cast five times a trip than what I do. I mean, they're casting all day long with our officials. But some of them may not be able to get it up under that tree or under that dock four or five feet back. You know, they're they're cat generally casting in open water where we're we're not doing that sometimes. So realizing as a client that hey, I've got to get that bait where the captain's telling me. Um, if you can't do it, don't be shy or afraid to let the captain do it for you. Right. Because he's just gonna throw it in there and hand you the pole and then uh, listening to his technique when he tells you to keep the rod down or don't reel it. Uh, a lot of people want to feel that bait on the end. So they, I'll cast you up under that tree. And then all of a sudden you do three cranks on the reel. Well, you just reeled that bait out. Uh, that fish probably is not going to come out that tree line to get that. So you're, you're counteracting everything that I'm doing for you. So listening to the guide, the technique, how it works, uh, you know, also helps your day be better and catch fish. Perfect. Well, one last question I have before we recap uh, everything today is now we're not going to talk about fees because the variety of fees for captains are just, uh, you know, here and there and everywhere because of the amount of time you're out there, where they're fishing, what size boat it is. So you'll have to negotiate those fees with the captain and talk to them. And most of them have standard fees and they're not going to, they're not going to discount them. They're not going to take them up during certain times of year. That's just standard year round. Is that correct, Alex? That, yeah, that's correct. And you know, we're paying, you know, let's just throw a number out there, for example, of a $500 trip for four hours. You know, you, some people think, wow, the captain's working for four hours. He's making $500. Well, <laughs> not, a, you know, not exactly. A, he's got a boat payment. Yeah. He's got a truck payment. He's got boat storage payment. He's got insurance payment. But he, on top of that stuff that's expected, he's on the water a good two hours before he picks you up. He's getting the bait. He's prepping the rods. Um, if he hasn't fished in two or three days or he's having a hard time finding fish, he or she is out there looking for the fish just to see where they are before he picks you up. So, you know, on a four-hour trip, I, I've got an extra hour and a half on the water getting ready, and then I probably have an extra hour, hour and a half of cleanup of the boat and the gear so it's ready for the next trip. <clears throat> so, you know, it's it's not, a, you know, we're not making $500 in four hours with our expenses there's a lot to it. And then plus, you know, most of us are paying dock fees or pickup fees and sometimes both at certain marinas. So, uh, you know, you know right. it adds up really quick and, and well, and that's, you got to look at it as an experience. That's you a know, good example. What, what am I getting from my experience? 
most uh you know and i'll just i'll throw the you know the term out there like you were saying like a 400 hundred dollar trip i i've known many a captain who goes out on a 400 hundred dollar trip and 200 dollars of that's already spent and right. you know you have to understand that but when you book these guides and like you said uh, just to maintain a boat alone is expensive and uh, not not to mention all the fees and everything. I know my personal boat down there, you know, my fishing trips were expensive fishing trips to take that boat out once I paid monthly storage on the boat and all those. And the captains right. are paying much more than that because they're buying their bait. They're buying the tackle for multiple people. They buy a license each year for multiple people. And a lot goes into that. So don't have sticker shock because a reputable captain's going to cost you some money. I will tell you that it's not, you're not going to find a reputable captain typically that'll take you out and say, Oh, let's go fishing for a hundred bucks. Uh, right. that's, that's not going to happen in if, most if reputable getting, places. If you're getting quotes from guys from, you know, 400 to 500 for a half a day trip in our area. Now that's backwater. That's not offshore. And all of a sudden you meet some guy that says, I'm going to do it for 250 or 300. Well, he's going to take you out, and he could probably, you know, put you on fish. That has nothing to do with it. But, you know, he could break down. He might not be insured or licensed. Uh, he probably won't be there next year to take you back out for that money because at that price, he's not throwing that $25 a trip aside to keep his boat going when he has no uh, business in the summertime. So he is there for you in, in next year. So uh, we all we all factor that in. You know, so we're there year after year after year. And, 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 you know, there's some trips on a $500 trip where the guy pockets a hundred, 150 bucks. Um, there's other times where he pockets a little more. There's times where he's at a negative. If a client client drops a, a rod in the water, you know, some of these backwater rods that I have are three, $400 for the rod, three, $400 for the reel. And, right. and some of them are even more than that. So a guy accidentally drops that in well, I've got to go replace that. You know, or you bump something in your ruin a prop or whatever. So you, there, there's a lot more to it that uh, average costs over the year. So and that's how a good guy who's going to be there year after year with a maintained boat and equipment, he's going to average. Okay, this is if I do X amount of trips a year, this is what I need to be charging so I can be here every year with equipment to make your trip pleasurable and fun. Right. And, and like I said, buyer beware if they're doing the cheap version, because uh, if you do your homework and find out the average price and then uh, you kind of look around and somebody says, oh, I'll do it for $150, uh, especially if you're going to pass that demarcation line and head offshore, be very, be very, very weary of that because the, those typically are very dangerous trips and probably don't have the uh, amount of safety equipment and things on board that they need to be uh, using and, and taking care of you there as a client. So Alex, Absolutely. let me recap here. Some of the things I learned from you today, uh, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, first of all, we get a good recommendation on a captain from somebody, whether it be the the wildlife commission around the uh, guides associations that are out there everywhere, tackle stores, local bait, people like that, and uh, make sure they come with some, some higher recommendations and then make sure that those captains are us coast guard licensed. They're insured as a charter captain, not I've got insurance on my boat, but I've got insurance at, to cover me as a charter captain. Uh, let's see what else do we touch on there. We uh, we talked about carrying a fishing license uh, that's good for the boat itself, so that if you don't have a license and you're out of state, that you don't have to purchase one. It's actually in, included in the price of going fishing, and then that they can tell you a little bit about their their business. They can uh, you can look at their social media. You can tell if they've been in business a while, if they've got good photographs up, they're recent. 
Uh, that's right, some of the right. things I learned. And then, you know, it's the rest of it's kind of dependent on you and what you're looking for and asking that captain what, what you want. You know, I want to go out and I want to catch dinner that day. That's what people say a lot of times. And, and you know, most of the captains will, will be very honest with you. Some days you're going to catch dinner. Some days you're going to catch a lot of fish, a lot of species, but they may not be of the edible variety. Uh, so, you know, especially fishing in the saltwater environment, that's all dependent on the time of year and time of day. And, you know, even in Florida, the difference in areas of Florida are so different when it, it comes to Exactly. Fishing. You know, yeah. we have a big impact here in Lee County, Fort Myers area that I'm in, Estero Bay. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people out here daily that are enjoying the water, whether it's a jet ski, you know, a pontoon boat or a fisherman. And because of that boating impact and then the fishing impact on top of that, we have strict sizes you know redfish have to be over 18 under 27 one per person trout for example you're allowed four per person for sea trout but they all have to be over 15 inches so every fish that we have in the bay that's an edible fish or game fish that you would want to desire to catch and take home to eat has a season a upper and lower some of them size limit and a bag limit how many you can take so expecting you know hey i've got six people at home i got five neighbors here four over there that's 15 18 people i'm gonna go on a four-hour fishing trip come back and have a fish fry (laughs) you're not gonna do that in the back bay no matter how great of a day you have because you're only allowed so many fish per person Um, even if the captain gets you all those you're still only going to bring home so many so maybe an offshore trip would be better or just go out and have fun and go to Publix or a fish market and buy the fish. But uh, we pretty much all of us know that we can get you dinner or lunch, and, and that's what we're about, and you know, having a good time and, and making sure you're getting the core you want. But, again, in some areas, like you mentioned, uh, you just can't get that many fish due to the, to the laws that we have to uh, follow, so the fish are there every year. And uh, lastly, it, you know, if you pay for your fishing charter, just remember that uh, if the captain does a great job for you or the captain mate, whoever's on the boat, uh, tipping is uh, certainly appreciated by those guys. And typical uh, tipping uh, for those charters is 15 to 20% of whatever the charter fee is. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I get a lot of people that ask that, hey, what do I, what do I tip? And, you know, I tell them, you know, 15 to 20% is the norm. Uh, on my boat, uh, you got four people fishing, $25 a person, you know, is, is it a good middle of the road tip? Um, but one thing that a lot of people don't understand is when they go on an offshore boat and a mate comes along, that mate is working his push off for you, you know, baiting, cutting and bait and all that stuff, lining you up, making sure you have the rod you want, the chair you need, the drink you have. He's taking care of you on the right out and the right in. Um, he, he's working hard. Well, he's, he works for tips only. Most mates, that's all they get paid to be on that trip is a tip. So you want to throw him, you know, if you're doing an 800 to a thousand dollar grouper trip, you want to throw him 150 bucks, 200 bucks, you know, and, uh, to take care of him and, and, and know that, you know, he's going to take care of you, the captain, he's making his money, you know, the other way. And of course you want to throw him a little bit too, but don't forget about the, the uh, mate because that they're working for that tip strictly right many of those mates are getting their sea time to try to become a captain sometime in their lifetime and uh, that's part of that is they're out there getting their time on the water and uh, by the captain letting them go with them and making them a mate and there's some really good mates out there that are well worth uh, throwing some money at when you're on those trips because they absolutely because they're going to make sure you know and when when i go on a boat that has a mate 
I pay the mate at the dock before we leave. That, you know, to me, to me, a tip is kind of insurance to let that guy know who's working for me that I appreciate everything he's going through to make my day that special day that I went on the water. And, you know, then I'd take care of the captain afterward, but it, that's just, that's just me and the way I look at it. And I figure, well, you know, that's kind of cheap insurance to let him know that, Hey, I know how this works. I'm going to take care of you. You take care of me. Well, perfect. And, you know, and don't forget too, that, you know, the mate's the guy that's back there that you get a successful day. There's six of you, four or six of you on a grouper boat and you, you, you limit out on grouper and snapper. Or you've just brought back 80 to a hundred fish. Well, that, you know, that's two to three hours of cleaning fish uh, and and you know i know in our area we don't charge to clean the fish but the mate's the guy doing that while you're having a cocktail you know on the dock somewhere in 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 the shade he's sitting out there in the sun taking care of your dinner and working a couple extra hours and then he's got to wash the boat on top of that so yeah you, you definitely want to take care of him and if you so don't sad. know how much ask the captain discreetly say hey what should i be doing and you know he'll tell you you know what range you want to do for that for that type of trip well, outstanding, Captain Alex. Uh, thank you so much for the information today. You've been a wealth of knowledge, and hopefully some folks learned a little bit about how to choose a reputable, licensed, and insured charter captain when they come anywhere uh, down south or uh, anywhere around the country, actually. It's a great advice for anywhere you go fishing. So, uh, Alex, uh, thank Absolutely. you so much for being with us today. Enjoyed the conversation with you. Thank you all, and God bless, and uh, tight lines. Happy fishing. All right, folks, uh, you've been listening to the Hall of Men Fishing here, and we appreciate you being with us. And we'll be back again next week with our Florida Fishing Report uh, right here on Hall of Men Fishing. We'll have captains from all over the state of Florida, and we are glad to have those captains back after Hurricane Irma. We had our last fishing report last week, or actually the one that uh, we came back with, and many of them getting back to doing business. So thanks so much for listening today. I'm Captain Scott Hall, your host, signing off for now. We'll see you next week on Hall of Men Fishing.